Hi and welcome to the Full Toss Podcast. And on this edition of the Full Toss, we'll be talking to Chester Bolton Hall's head junior coach, Alex Money, on some cricketing tips about how to stay on top of your game during lockdown. Plus, Alex will be taking you through a competition where you can design a new T20 kit for 2021. Now, our big special tonight comes in the form of arguably the Cheshire County League's finest left-handed and right-handed batsman over the last 20 years or so. In conversation with Lee Dixon tonight, we have Hyde's James Duffy and Chester Bolton Hall's very own Warren Goodwin. All this, plus, of course, our update on what's happening, or rather, what isn't happening at Chester Bolton Hall. Please stay with us and thank you so much for the feedback we got from our very first podcast. Who said it wouldn't last, eh? Now, if you want to get in touch with us at any time, please do. You can contact us by email at cbhcc at btinternet.com or, of course, you can just uh, give me a shout or give Lee a shout. Okay, so where are we in this time of lockdown? Well, no change, I'm afraid. Certainly not on the cricket front. We know that there will be no cricket, according to the ECB, until at the very earliest, the end of May. And it's questionable whether there'll be any immediately afterwards as well. The effect for us is that there is, of course, no training, no netting for our juniors, for our seniors, men, women, no cricket whatsoever. The first team were due to get the season underway with a home game against Oxton. The second team were meant to have gone to Bowdoin. The third team were due to host Alvinley. And the fourth were off to Nutsford. None of that's happened. Uh, neither will any cricket happen for the foreseeable future. Socially, we've been hit pretty hard too. Uh, we had a number of things planned. We had a comedy night that was due on the 4th of April. We had a bingo disco lined up in May and then all sort of centred around the Cheshire versus Warwickshire ECB showcase game on the 17th of July, Friday the 17th of July. Well, there was a number of uh, events planned around that. That's all on hold at the moment. Of course, the 17th of July is some way off and uh, that game may go ahead. It's a, it's a whole moving scenario, so we're just keeping uh, an ear to the ground and uh, we'll work things out, I guess, as we go along. Some of those events have been rearranged. I know for a fact that the Comedy Night and the Bingo Disco have uh, been put into the diary for later in the year, so let's hope that those things will go ahead and we'll be out of the woods by then. Um, financially, of course, we're being, uh, well, we're being pretty hard hit as well. Uh, we're not able to receive any sponsorships at the moment, uh, membership fees, well, we're asking our members where possible, please do give us a donation of at least part of your membership fee to uh, to help us pay the bills and keep the club uh, running as it is. Uh, thank you to those who've already um, donated via our virtual bar. If you haven't already, you can go online, buy yourself a tipple and uh, put something into the club's coffers. And thank you as well um, for uh, taking part in the quiz. We've been running a quiz on Saturday afternoons. Harry Caloran and Dave Caloran at the helm. It's great fun if you haven't already done it. It costs just a fiver. And uh, again, that will help us out. We'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on. Of course, just please keep an eye on the website and uh, we'll keep you posted through the Full Toss podcast as well. Right, on the back of uh, some lockdown news there from Jim, we're uh, pleased to be joined by Alex Money, uh, Chester Bolton Hall's junior coach and first team up-and-coming star. Hi, Al. Afternoon, Lee. Uh, great to have you on. Uh, obviously, Al... Um, in lockdown at the moment, uh, no cricket. We just got back from India just a month ago before the season. How, how are you dealing with it? Yeah, it's been a bit of a uh, 
strange sort of series of events, really. I was like, you know, India was a fantastic experience, really, you know, a full week of packed cricket and kind of gearing myself up to the start of the season. Really. It was a bit of a, it's a massive shame we're not playing, really, because I thought, you know, I can only speak myself, but, you know, I felt in good nick and I was really excited to, you know, start the, start the season. I know from last year, obviously, you had uh, your best year uh, for the club and, and as a senior player, breaking into that Cheshire team at the end of last year. Um, you did the India trip last year. Did you find that beneficial for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in terms of my own sort of development, like, I really needed to focus on spin. I feel quite strong against pace, but certainly spin bowling was an area of development for myself. Um, and that's why I think you know going to India can't go to a better place to learn you know, how to play spin and, and things like that. So, and they they love it over there. It's, you know, it is a religion, you know, so they they live and breathe cricket and there's so much, you know, wealth and knowledge over there and you definitely come back a better player because you're getting that volume of balls hit and you're playing the games. You're yeah. speaking to people who are really into their cricket and know, know how to play spin. So, yeah, absolutely. So, from India, Al, obviously, we're in this lockdown scenario. Uh, must be completely different uh, from being out there getting loads of balls. Uh, I've seen some of your drills online, um, some fantastic stuff. Do you want to tell me a little bit about them? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm, I'm a trainee teacher, so there's not a lot of time I'm spending in school. So, that those days filled up, you know, teaching PE have been, you know, there's not a lot of time directly teaching stuff. So I thought, you know, what would be, what could I do, you know, during the daytime um, and kind of what could I offer to the juniors as head of junior coaching? I don't think there's any better idea than doing some stay-at-home drills because I'm sure that, you know, a lot of juniors out there are desperate to get out there and they want to try and do some form of cricket, whether it be at home or, you know, things like that. So I think... Well, you, yeah, drills. I was going to say, you look like you've had a, a lot of fun doing them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been good. I've had good bit of support at home, and you know, it's good to um, just go through some kind of be trying to be as adventurous and being as creative as possible to try and deliver some of these drills. Fantastic. I can I can see obviously each week we're bringing out a different drill, which is fantastic. I've noticed a couple of other bits just appear on the website. I saw um, a, a bat sticker competition. Do you want to tell me a bit about that? Yeah, um, it was. Some of the players in the first team were trying to think of things to keep the you know keep the website lively and things like that. And I thought it'd be a good idea to, again, not just for the juniors but for all all members of Sevenbourne all to take part in a cricket bat sticker competition. So uh, they download the PDF, they get given a um, three sides of a cricket bat, and then you're just given as much freedom as you want to be creative and create your own bat stickers. Well, um, obviously, uh, with you setting up this competition, Al, I'm presuming that quite a few of the first teamers will take part. Do you think anyone in particular may have a flair for designing their own stickers? Um, I can, I know for certain Warren Goodwin is a, is a big name. I think um, he's very creative. I think he likes. I think he's had history of creating your own, his own back stickers on the uh, on the download. But I think given this sort of platform, I think he'll really relish the opportunity to um, create his own back stickers and be. You know, as creative as he wants with it. Well, I, th I think for some of the juniors, this is a great opportunity. I'm sure Jim will be able to compare some of the first team attempts with some of the juniors in the coming weeks. So uh, I know that all the details of that are all on the website. The, the other one that's coming out, and I've seen that on the website, is that Alex Nash is doing a, a, a T20 kit competition. Yeah, it's the same sort of um, similar um, concept, um, except we're going to try and go towards a T20 kit for the 2021 season. So 
same again, really um, trying to be as creative as, as possible. And fingers crossed, we can try and get that kit made for our, uh, our T20 campaign in the, the 2021 season. Fantastic. Well, what I'd say, Alice, keep up the good work. And uh, hopefully uh, this will be a, a weekly or bi-weekly thing where we get to catch up with you. And when we've got some cricket, you'll be able to fill us in on what some of our junior players are doing around the team. Thanks very much, Lee. Cheers, Al. Thank you. Right, now the bit uh, we've really been waiting for. If we're all in the studio together, it would be great. We're not, but we are together on the line. We've got a couple of superstars and we've got Lee Dixon as well. Lee. Thanks for that fabulous intro, Jim. Uh, you are right. We're here with two of the Cheshire County League royalty of batting. We've got the top right-hander, arguably, of his generation, Warren Goodwin from Chester. And as a left-hander, we've got Jimmy Duffy, ex-Cheshire captain, and obviously a legend, a Hyde, who's now living somewhere in the Wirral area. Nice to see you guys. Hi, guys. Thanks, nice Warren. to hear <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys, this is obviously, to get you two in as our first couple into one of our specials is absolutely fabulous. Um, the idea is that we're going to be talking about the rivalry, the decade that has been Chester versus Hyde. Now, straight away, let's get straight into it. Go to you, Jimmy. What makes that game so special? I think I think the history that obviously I've played for nearly 20 years now for Hyde's first team and Warren nearly the same, I can imagine. Uh, and I think as I've grown up through the Cheshire ranks, getting into the first team, a lot of Chester and Hyde uh, players have all played for Chester. So it's sort of playing against mates, but at the same time, uh, knowing that you can sort of push it a little bit further playing against those those mates in inverted commas that you play a lot of cricket with outside the league set up. So, I don't know, we've always socialised really well together. We've always got on well together, but at the same time on the pitch, there's no other game like it. It's, it's intense, it's, it is cutthroat at, at times and, and pretty abusive at times, but it's always taken really light-hearted after the game. That, that's well, my experience of it. What about for you, Warren? Uh, Hyde, home, away. Do you look forward to those games? Yeah, very much so. Um, but just on that, it's, it, you, there's any, you have rivalry when you're a youngster breaking into the first team. When you're playing against any side that one of your <clears throat> representative mates play for, there's always that rivalry. So as, as we've got older, um, there seems to, both sides sort of seem to be made up of those young representative cricketers Especially when the World Trio um, joined us with yourself, Ross, and uh, and Rollo, you just had even more mates on the field, and that did did make for a, a great recipe in, in with the rivalry between the two. I mean, also I think it's it's also boils down to with both two two good sides and have been since we've um, I say I say since we both been playing first team cricket, but we got relegated one year. After we made our way back into the Premier Division, um, I think we've both been competitive sides, and we've we've always been up there. Um, if you think who's going to win the league at the start of the season, I think it'd be surprising not not to put Chester or, or Hyde into uh, into the hat. Yeah, yeah, de- yeah most de- most definitely. And I, I think from from a personal perspective, I think it's just touching on what Duff has just said: the ability to be able to go out there, play as hard as you can. 
uh, and be able to enjoy a drink afterwards. You know, there's no cricket quite like it. And I think sometimes on a Saturday, especially as we're getting older, cricket's changing. People aren't necessarily getting in the bar and having a drink. So if you play hard, the opposition tend to think you're a complete idiot. So it's always nice to be able to get out there and play as, as hard as we can. Um, just on a, for a, from a teammate's point of view, in that week in the build-up to the game, again, Duff, you know, what, what's that kind of feeling around the high group, the WhatsApp group, the, the training session with Chester on the horizon? I don't know. I, you, you know what you're getting when you play Chester. Sort of for the last five to seven years, you, you've always had the marquee players at both at both clubs. I think obviously you guys with the likes of Harry Deard and then Khaled and Weesey playing, you, you know who you're going to play against. For us, it's the same. We we always know we've got to get Warren out. We've got to get Rick out. When you're in in your pomp, we've got to get Lee out. For for us, they were the three main three batters that you had to get out. But then at the same time, you've got Ash Davis steaming in. Back in the day for Bez and me, you've got Keggy Tratton coming in, especially at Hyde where it's a little bit of a sticky one, the most difficult league player to face. And you've then got Jack and, and Harry, if you manage to see those two off. So you're always, you're always thinking, we've got to be on our game here. We've got to prepare really, really well. And we've got to be aggressive, but at the same time, know our plans for the different players and and try and get the, the sort of that little edge on you because I think through the years it's been on a knife edge which team wins. Some games we've dominated you and vice versa. We've been bottled up for 60 and 90 on occasions, but at the same time we've done the same to you. So I just think for me, Chester was always a team that's made up of quality overseas players, big pros because you guys brought them in and it's always a game you want to do well and you always want to score runs in, take a great catch. At Chester, it's always nice to bat on. So, yeah, it's knowing how to get those players and how to sort of get the edge over those top players. You, you, you mentioned Keggy then. I'm just going to bring Keggy in quite early into this. Is that Keggy's one of those enigmas, uh, I, you know, as a left-hander who likes to bat in a hat, Keggy for me is a dream. But for most people, he seems to terrified people I've seen some of the best players in the league almost kind of crumble at the thought of facing these 65 mile an hour away swingers um, you know you touched on Danny Berry you know Danny Berry I, I've never seen anyone such a clean hitter of the ball look bamboozled by the fact that one keggy was bowling but also they did speak to each other every single day on the phone comparing groundsman's <laughs> notes is this, some, is this what, what was it? Was, was it Keggy as a competitor or was it the fact that he was just doing something that no one else was doing? I don't know, you know. I think there was a bit more psychology in it, especially for, for me and Bez when we were a bit younger growing up. I, I played against Keggy since I broke into that first team. Obviously playing against Heath and Keggy, it was, it was hard work. Keggy at Hyde was dead difficult to get away, but at Chester he would you hit him for four and he'd come back and give you shit. It's a complete, part of my language there, it was complete, uh, sort of, that shouldn't be happening. He shouldn't be getting stuck into me when I just hit him for four. I think there was one over where I hit him for five balls, the first five balls. And then I then I got out on the sixth ball and, I, and it, psychologically I'd won that, but he still managed to get me out. It was just writing down as well the amount of times he's got Bez out. I had to stop writing down because pretty much every single season, Bez would get out at least once to Keggy, if not twice. So for Bez, he was technically probably as good, if not better than me, 
he constantly got buzzed out. But given someone like Ash Davis, uh, he'd much prefer to play against him than he would Piggy. We'll see. I'm going to throw another old legend of bowling out now, and I'm going to go to Warren. You know, they had Keggy to deal with. For the last few years, you've been dealing with Weishi, that battle. You and your front pad, Warren, taught me through it. Well, I'm constantly reminded about it every time I play hide, how far in, in, <laughs> in Weishi's pocket I, I am. I mean, whether he's played at Alton Park, Orderly Edge, or um, or Hyde, he's always had, he's probably had, he's had the best of me. Um, pretty consistent, moves the ball both ways. Um, and there's just, and sometimes it's just not the pace on, on, on the ball as well. I agree. I'd far rather face uh, like a, an Ash Davis a bit quicker, a lot quicker, uh, rather than Weish who's just on the on the money every every single ball. Um, I tell, tell, tell you what, Ash Davis will be lining up for you <laughs> too next year. We're only oh, we'd rather face rather face Ash than Keggy and Weish. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. does I never said that. Said <laughs> does make you concentrate there. Like I. I He's one of the guys that I really have to concentrate with, uh, and it's, it's always a good battle with him. Uh, and only on the odd occasion have I, uh, have I have I kind of come up on top. Just just going just staying on on you and Weish is that when you're playing hide the week of the hide game, is there anything you do? Was I, I you know me and Duff know you as well as anyone. You're a meticulous practicer, and that's part of the reason you've done so well over these years. Do you do anything different the week of the hide game for when you were facing a Weish or a Matt Hanna or a Cramner or a Woodsy? Um, I mean, obviously, if there's a left-arm orthodox, you, you want to try and get, if you haven't got one in the first team or second team, you want to get a left-arm orthodox bowling at you in the next. But I don't, I don't, I don't really change my preparation that much. I'm all about hitting volume. I, I've never really wanted to go in and just have a, um, like a quality, like a five-minute good quality net. I'd rather just hit volume, volume, volume. Um, and that's, and that's how I've always been. So I, I don't really think I, I tailor it too much um, in the run-up to uh, an opposition on the weekend. So just dipping, dipping out, obviously, away from some of the bowlers there, both sides have been blessed with some fabulous batting. Um, looking through some of the scorecards, I know um, over the last decade, certainly, or even longer, you know, some of the names have obviously graced the the you know the Cheshire State at minor counties. Um, for for you, Josh, I know you touched on Warren. What, what you know, what players or what plans maybe would Hard go into, and, and what games maybe hasn't it come off? In regards to us preparing and our strategies coming off. Yeah. For me, it's all at Chester. You know, you've got to score a lot of runs. If you if you get a big total on the board, and you you put scoreboard pressure on them and bowl right areas, you, you've got a chance. Um, or if you're bowling first, you've got to try and restrict you guys to obviously as few runs as possible. And, and you know, when you've got the likes of Tips in the team, when you have um, myself, Bez, um, Harry Dearden, you, Tom Twinney, Fitzy, Bobby coming in lower order, you know you, you could chase 300 on there, no problem. If one of those guys comes off and people back around them, for me, that was always it. We we always liked to win the toss and have a bowl because we felt we could chase anything. And I can imagine, again, going back to your first question, what made it so special is I can imagine you guys would have the same mindset. If we 
win the toss, let's have a ball, we'll chase whatever we can. If we do have to bat first, we'll score 300 plus and put the pressure on the team that are trying to chase that score. I mean, for us, if we could get a partnership going at Chester, it's flat and, and you can score runs really quickly. So that was always the plan at Chester. And at Hyde, the wickets have changed that often. That I think if you, it'd be interesting to see the stats. You probably scored more runs at Chester on a much bigger ground than we have scored at Hyde on average. Um, but that that was always our strategy. Try and score. And it sounds really silly, but obviously we need to score more than you. But we either restrict you guys in the first innings and chase it down or get a big score and try and put you under a lot of pressure in the field second innings. Yeah, I, I think just, just obviously again, just flip, flicking through some of the, the big games we've had over the years, especially some of the cup games, that's where one of the great rivalries probably started off back in the Cheshire Cup final in 2012. Um, it was possibly one of the best games that I've ever played in. And it was it was the start of something quite big for us, Warren at Chester, where we've been starved of success. We just had that one T20 um victory under Jim Gilson in a 20-year period and it was it was a obviously Cheshire Cup final and we got to bat first now Duff has just spoke about Hyde loving to have a bowl at Chester in a cup game at home would you be bowling first was no no I think I'd always <clears throat> I I'd always bat first at Chester with it with it being flat and I think if you if you get going you get off to a good start I think you can very easily get away from the bowling side in the first, in the first innings. So I think um, whether it was Hyde or anyone else, I think on a, if, it was, if I remember correctly, that day was uh, it was a nice day. It goes without saying that the deck would have been nice with Keggy looking after them, or he probably wasn't at the time actually. Um, but um, no, it was. I was quite happy to be batting first and, and getting runs on the board and putting pressure on. Well, just looking at the bowling line, that's one thing I've always thought. When you play hard, you know you're in the battle, uh, especially as a batter. Um, they've always had a very, very good mixture of bowlers, whether it be... Or they've always got a couple of good seamers, but they've always tended to back it up. Now, looking at this, Kerwin and Tom Young. Now, Scotty Kerwin and Tom Young were two of the best left armers I played with for Cheshire. They, they were fantastic. And you know, even throwing someone like Greg Lomax into the middle, uh, he always seems to pop up with some important wickets for you, Duff. It, you know, there was there was an opportunity there for Chester where we knew we were in the battle. We had to set a base and go and make a big score. Now, we've got a completely different way of doing it where we'll we'll tend to take the pace off the ball. Um, for you, was it, how, how was it, you know, going out knowing that you were going to face Kerr's and Youngie early on? I mean, both quality bowlers and both in separate games have, have torn through Chester. I remember when I was an 18-year-old, Tom Young, I think he got, must have got seven for bowling, at, bowling us out for below below 60. Um, so, no, it, it was never, never going to be easy with, with those two. I, I rate both of them very highly. Um, but as, as, as those scores suggest, the, the deck probably didn't um, help them as much as the, as much as they wanted wanted it to. Um, but I think the, the, if you throw Weiss in the mix there, you'd have three of the best, one of the best bowlers, well, three best bowlers at a hide. I think that, that I would have faced. But you're right, the likes of Tipper's a pretty handy left arm spinner as well. He was he was playing, and, and Greg Lomax who actually had a bit of a yard on him. Um, yeah. 
so I think, that, I yeah. think with that game, we Kurz was bowling well, moving it around. Youngly swung it. Uh, we just didn't necessarily have that the sort of cutting edge that you guys had to back it up. I mean, I think for me that was the first game where Harry Caloran sort of came to the party, and it was like, geez, Chester had produced another quality spinner. Obviously, Jack. I think Jack had already come on the scene at that point. And then I remember batting against Harry, and I found him so difficult to get away. Eventually, I think he got me out, but I think he finished with four wickets that game. And I think he was the difference. I know Rollo and Woz got off to an amazing start. I don't know if they got under a partnership, but they, they got off to a flyer, and then Lee coming in and scoring 90-odds, it was like... I think I personally think we didn't do too bad restricting it to 280 or 289. I think the, the difference between us not winning that was Harry coming in and and taking four massive wickets. I think he got me and Baz out. He got a couple more wickets later in the innings. And that, what won that game for you guys. I, and I I still remember trying to bat against him. I've, I've seen Roller off. Roller was at one end and I'm sure Harry's at the other. And it was it was tough going. Um, I just want to step in there, Beth, just to correct you. I bowled you out that game. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Mate, you've, you've had the wool over me on. I was going to say, I've looked at a few scorecards and I, I think I have. Is no, it the lack of I've seen the better bowlers off. I've seen the better bowlers off and thought that I could uh, whack you for a few <laughs> bounces and it's obviously not come off. <laughs> uh, I don't know, well, your low scores might suggest that you didn't see them off, but you came in when I was on. <laughs> <laughs> I think my highest league league score was against you guys. I think it was about 140, something like that. You maybe we involved that. We, we did, I, don't think, that. I, don't, I don't think we've got that scorecard, sadly, Jim. But uh, I'm sure you know if you come back, uh, if you come back well, on a future we, day, we might have actually. We might. <laughs> I think it was in 2011. I think it was at Chester, and I got 139. Spot um, on, 139. You've got it in front of you. 139, 2011. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. Jim Gilson and Vin five and out. You must have missed out that game. I did. I think I did. Yeah, it happens. It does. It does <laughs> happen sometimes. <laughs> just, uh, just uh, moving forward. Obviously, that was back in uh, 2012, and and it, there was a bit of a seesaw period where whether it be the league, whether it be the Cheshire Cup, whether it be the T20. I know you guys were the ones that kind of trailblazed with your trip to Essex that day. You know, I've never seen anyone dominate as much as you did, Duff. And uh, obviously you got out and it, it didn't really materialise on the day. But you guys set the way with T20 cricket and how exciting it, it could be. Um, was there a particular format? Was it the league or the cup or the T20 where you thought that you were on, on top of us or was it always pretty even whatever format we played? Uh I always thought Chester's cup team was, was special. You you always had five bowlers, always, and then your sixth and your seventh. It might have been Warren or Rick, like the last few years. They've been your sixth and your seventh bowler, and, and obviously your success uh, for me has been that you had a, a fast start, two guys at the top of the order that have got you off to a flyer, and then you've been able to bowl people that are, are really, really difficult to get away. Um, and at the same time, that's that's the way we try to to sort of play it. We've don't think we've ever had as stronger sort of squad as you guys. But man to man, it was always I could I could match it with him, he could match it with him, and 
and, and I think in a cup game, it levels it out a tiny little bit because Warren tries to go early, Rollo tries to go early, Rick tries to go early, and you might be able to pick those marquee cricketers up very, very quick. And and I think it just it, it levels it up a little bit. I think league cricket, without those restrictions, bowlers can bowl as many overs as they want. And we've seen that with Weishi when I think Weishi and Matty Hanna bowled in the league once and they, they bowled all the way through and bowled you guys out. But in cup cricket, it's a totally different story. You've got to be a bit more versatile and able to to use those different uh, different bowls and call upon them. And when you've got Warren and Rick to call upon as a, a, a sort of six and seven bowler, you're going to do all right, I think. Yeah, I, I, just just going on to obviously how the teams line up. I, one thing I've noticed certainly over the last, I'd say since Bez became captain and obviously him being. Um, the the groundsman as well is that when Chester came to town, it didn't matter how hot it had been, the the, the, the wicket was was like under underwater, like you know I'm pretty sure that it was once where we nearly had a delayed start, and it was probably the, the hottest summer on record. Was was there a bit of thought behind that? Now I've I've never, and this is hand on heart, we've never thought to ourselves, right, we're playing against X, Y, or Z let's prepare a, a wicket that's wetter. We've always maybe left a little bit of grass on it, but I'd never say we've left covers off or anything like that. And I don't think you've left, left covers off, Jim, but I definitely think Bez has been on the phone all week going, just going to leave the covers on for a bit. I've just watered it. I think the hard green one with Wish <laughs> playing, Wish is our sort of key sort of weapon against you guys, Ball, and we know your batting line is strong. But I think when you... When you didn't have Keggy in that that side, it was you had less sort of um, less options to go to on a wicket like that. That was always our thought process behind it. Um, however, at Chester, you always you always knew when you get you're going to get a flat hard wicket more times than that. Um, but I wouldn't say we'd never we'd never have a a turner because the last thing we need is it turning when Jack and Jack and Harry are playing. Uh, we never have a fast bouncy one because you guys religiously have had when Clarkie played someone that can bowl a heavy quick ball. So something hard with a bit of green, with a bit of grass on it, and a little bit slower always suited us. So for you, was it obviously just going to um, hide away? Um, I know I've got my my own. I, I love playing Hideaway. It's probably my favourite away fixture. Uh, what are the things that you look forward to, and what are the bits that actually you go oh Hideaway, without giving too much away? Was <laughs> well, obviously small boundaries. That's a that's a bonus. Um, and then you mentioned before downside is um, I think you get a, a deck there that's prep for or not prep for Weesh. Um, he can he can be a handful um, uh, on on a green deck, but I always think Hyde, you you, you turn up there, you, you drive around the the uh, the windy road up to the clubhouse, and you see the deck and it looks green, but I always think it plays better than uh, than what it looks like. It always comes on quite quite nicely. There's always I from what I remember, always a, a bit of bounce as well, um, but. I can't say I've really taken advantage of the short boundaries over the last five or six years at Hyde, so um, I maybe got to look for other things to take advantage of. 
Now, now for, this is certainly something I wanted to talk about while we're talking about playing games at Hyde, Jim, is the spectators. Now, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed um, going to Hyde away, uh, having a police escort for most games, um, being shouted at before a bat, uh, booed off, um, all the norms, really. Um, do you think the Speckies particularly look forward to that game? Is there something about Chester that they, they, they like to watch? Or I know Rolo used to hate going there because he, he used to just get harangued for the whole time he was bowling. Oh, is this the right? I thought it was, I was directed at uh, Jim Wall there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I think some of our Speckies love it when you guys come because... You're easy targets. You, you have like a little bit of a bite. You, sometimes the sort of uh, pantomime villain, if you like, especially you, Lee, when you when you come on Warren. Less so, he's a little bit more a silent assassin. Was he just uh, goes about his business very quietly, and before you know it, he's on seventy, and then he gets hundred. So I think I think our speckies are different. Extremely passionate. Extremely uh, sort of committed to the club. But I think the the sort of difference between a Chester Specky and a, a Hyde Specky is a massive contrast, um, whether it's because of location of, of both clubs. But I, our fans that, are ace. Like, is, that, is that why you've moved closer to Chester? Because of the kind of spectators you get? Or is, is that just flip? It's just, it's just one of life's journeys, Lee, that I've come on. And uh, <laughs> it's just so happened that, I've, that I live five minutes away from Chester's ground. Uh, but, but it so, obviously shows but obviously shows the sort of fans and the club that it is that I would travel 50 minutes back to play cricket sometimes twice a weekend and once in the week when the 2020s are on so you could look at it two different ways I suppose I'm pretty sure your dad Keith would happily get in the car and pick you up as well if he had to uh, just talking <laughs> about Speckies one person that certainly does watch a lot of Chester cricket is is uh, Jim. Jim, just that question to you about as a spectator going into that game, the hard Chester game, the build up that week. What you know? What's your feeling to it? I think it, it always it always feels special. Um, it's a great place to go to. I always I always think that, uh, and, and this is something that's been drilled into me over the years from some of the older players, that the Speckies at Hyde know their game. They know their cricket. I, I can remember being there one day and uh, I've done something Cheshire-wise, I think. Not not on the pitch, obviously, but somewhere else. And and there were people talking about it. I think I've written something. And there were people talking about it and sort of nudging and, 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 and pointing at me. I don't know who the hell you are, but, but they knew what they were talking about. And they came up and, and, and talked to me about it, whatever whatever it was. They know their cricket really well. Uh, it's always great to go to hide. Um, tees not <laughs> withstanding, of course, because uh, they're, they're probably <laughs> the best in town. Um, and I think... It's just, it, I don't know. If you if you if you made it in football parlance, perhaps it's kind of top Premier League stuff. Because I've been very lucky. I've watched, I watched Warren since he was uh, just just before he was in long trousers. I think come through the age group, come into the into the big games, see the the might of Hyde up against him, and, it, and it's it's been one way and then the other over the years. You know, if you think about, there were six. Six Cheshire players, sorry, Chester players in the Cheshire side, and then there were six high players in the Chester side, in the Cheshire side, and so on. So it's always had that little bit of feel about it. As quality players, you know, watching Jason Whitaker bowl is as good as anything. Watching watching Jimmy Duffy batting, smashing that ball to to all parts, and equally, you know, seeing seeing the Chester fight back. There, there's something there's something about the, I think it's the quality, Lee. I think that's what it is over the years. It's just so many quality players have played in that game. 
Well, I, I'm just looking at one of the scorecards from 2015, and unbelievably, you know, the high batting lineup: Dearden, Sarwas, Duffy, Tipper, Berry, Fitzsimmons, Brearley, Williams, Whitaker. You know, Cranmer, Twinney. They, know, probably, they weren't there, the, but they weren't far. Yeah, far off. Um, unbelievable. You know, guys who played, you know, the very best club cricket. Obviously, Harry's playing first-class cricket. Fantastic. You know, Khaled was at the time arguably at the height of his powers. Uh, you know, just unbelievable people who represented, you know, their county so brilliantly. And then the bowling attack on that day, you've got Ash, Harry, Rolo, Jacko, Warren, Ross, and Rick. You know, that would be as good at any minor county game, you know, that you could have really. And I think that, that was the big thing for me when you were looking at these games is that you knew you couldn't turn up with three or four people on holiday. There had to be a bit of planning. You couldn't draft people yeah. in from the seconds because it would be fish out of water stuff. Um, Do you think as well, when you I, think about the, 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 it's unfair to call them bit part players, but you know, at Hyde you've got, you've got uh, Fitzsimmons, um, I don't know, um, the likes of Tom Twinney, those, those players that, that are kind of always there, Rob Bryan, another one, those players that are always there and you kind of, you forget about them because they aren't the headliners, but by crikey, they don't have to chip in. That's it. I think the difference between Hyde and Chester, and obviously that comes with the catchment that you guys have got, is that when you needed to bring a second team player up, more times than not, that second team player has, let's say it's Griff. Griff, I used to grow up with Griff in the first team religiously. Um, Seamus, when he was still at Chester, he flipped from second to first. When you brought that guy up from the seconds, you knew that, that you're in for as much of a battle with them as you were the guys that had been sort of secure in that first team position. That's the problem that we sometimes have at Hyde is that we don't really have anyone to call upon. We maybe have 12 first team squad players, but over the years, that's been really difficult to try and um, strengthen that second team up. And, and you've seen that with your second team dominance in 2020 leagues. And I think that's the big difference that, that I think every club wants to try and have that second team that is, is com is a really competitive second team that's going to push some of your guys in the first team, and and we've maybe not had that, and that's maybe been the, the big difference between the two clubs is is that club dominance, if you like. The, those guys you those guys you mentioned, Jimbo, about Fitzy, Bobby Brearley, um, in particular, those guys were the for me in really good hard sides. There was always they were the glue. For the amount of important wickets Fitzy took, the amount of times Bobby came in and got. 30, 40, you thought, right, we're into these now. We've got through, as you called them, Jim, the marquee players. And then these guys would just take it away from you. You know, Fitzy would drive me insane, sweeping it to death, nudging and nerdling, getting the quick singles going. And that can really, you know, when you when you think you're into the middle order, that can really, you know, demoralise you. Um, just, we, we've just, always had 10 players that come back. Like, Maker's coming in when he was at Hyde at, at 9 and 10. That guy scored 100 against Birkenhead Park. One of the best innings that I've ever seen. And I must have been about 15 or 16 when I watched it. That's what Chester's always had for me, growing up playing against a Chester team. You saw you guys sat in the outfield. More times than not, you were, you were taking the mick out of somebody in that circle, whether it be Warren as a young kid, whether it be Griff. You could always hear Seamus's sort of annoying Irish voice in the background. <laughs> you could always tell that he was the one that was instigating it. Um, but you, we never, 
we never had that sort of camaraderie to that extent that Chester always had. And I think that that's something that you need. If you're going to be a top club, you need to have that all the way through. And you guys, all, we've been mate, like the closest of mates, but we've never really had that high level of, of sort of banter, if you like, where that sometimes gets you through it when you need it. And I don't know. Um, I, th- I think you, it's not often that you guys haven't got I me. Mean, last last season when with Jack, I don't know what number Jack came in, but you guys messed around with your batting line, but you were having guys coming in at nine and ten that had batted higher for Cheshire representative side. So I think I think that's the key. I think those better teams in our league have got those guys that are batting all the way to ten and the blokes at ten could quite easily get your fifty to seventy runs at the end of the innings. And I think Bob Fitz makers um those guys a little bit lower down when it mattered came to the party. I, 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 you know, I think it's a good time to at least both give both of you the opportunity to go through your favourite games against each other. Uh, Walter, have you got a particular game that you want to bring up? Uh, <clears throat> well, the two, <clears throat> we've touched on one already, that, that Cheshire Cup win. That was the first, that was for me, the first major trophy. We'd won, or the, I'd won at the club. Um, we'd gone through, uh, we'd been relegated, um, we'd been a very much a mid-table side, and to play a, a strong Hyde side, I mean, I couldn't have, I'd be honest, they were the, the for to make it a big game, they were the, just the perfect, perfect team. Both teams take the Cheshire Cup seriously, both teams full of good players at, at that time, um, and it genuinely went in there, it was, it was a 50-50 um, 50-15, who's going to win that? And it ended up being a very good game. Um, the other one was, uh, and we always seem to come across Hyde in the Cups as a quarter-final, where we chased um, 270, I think, um, with with two overs to spare. Again, that was that was the side that you mentioned before, Lee, with that ridiculous batting lineup. Um, Yes, it was just another high-scoring, good game of cricket, and went right down to to the wire. Um, unfortunately, I'm obviously going to pick two games where we where we came out on on the winning side. Um, I, think he's, there, I think I think he's been quite modest there was because to be fair, in that second game, and most people will tell you, I, I don't really like to give you too many compliments, but he did get 133 not out on the chase, um, which arguably, after spending most of my life saying good shot, Warren. Um, it was well and truly deserved that day. It was it was pretty spectacular. But I think just going on to how good those games were, when a team batting first gets 273 and 45 overs, Beza that day batted like an absolute god and got 90. Looked like he could he was in one of those modes where he could literally hit every ball for four all around the wicket. Yeah. For us to then be able to come out, you just not drop anchor, but you know only 123 balls, that 133. And then literally, you know, work through, you know, that day you had Woodsy bowl in nine overs, Jason Whitaker bowl nine overs, Tips bowl nine overs, Bears bowl eight overs. These are, these are top, top bowlers. And, you know, w- would you say that's arguably one of your best innings for, Ch- for Chester? Definitely. I've always been accused of doing it when it's easy and not doing it when it counts. So getting runs, batting first, in the league at home, uh, never and never really done it on the chase. So that was probably one of the first times where I've 
<laughs> in my opinion, maybe put some of those critics to bed and 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 did it when it when it really counts. Um, and I would say it's definitely one of my top top three innings at um, at Chester. And you brought up Danny Woods. I've never really I've never really got runs against Woodsy. Um, I grew up playing against Manchester Grammar. Uh, cricket when he was at, at Cheadle. I've never really had runs playing against the side that he's played for and I think that was one of the that was the only occasion where I uh, actually saw him off so it was no it, it, it was a good game it was I agree it was probably one of my more enjoyable innings um, and, and it was one that I well it actually proved I could do it when, when it counted Um <laughs> I think the other highlight was I've got James Duffy out of that game as well. Should point that out. Hey, <laughs> you, you, had, you probably had me out uh, more times than you're not. You know, going through the, a lot of these stats, you are a bit of a dark horse. It's gone under the radar. We talked about Keggy, and we talked about two spinners, and we've talked about uh, different seamers that were hard to bat against. Now you've you've had a three for here, four for there. You've always just quietly gone about your business sort of middle to later order wickets and uh, I can imagine your wicket tally is pretty healthy against us and against me as well it's definitely healthy against you uh, <laughs> but I think, I think that that's probably I was probably lucky where we've always had I'd come in and you'd, you'd have those the likes of Keggy up at the top who'd get those early wickets and then I'd come on first change probably quite rarely or even second change, but really bowling to a, an opener or, or a set batsman. So that that probably worked in, in my advantage and probably inflates my figures more than what, what it should do. Um, but, that, but that then highlights that how important that you and, and Rick and whoever else is is coming on sort of third change bowling. You, for me, that's a the sign of a quality team when you can when it's not maybe worked or maybe it has worked and those guys need a bit of a rest and it's not turning maybe that you can call upon two other seamers that when they when they have bowled well, Rick especially used to bowl absolute rockets against me when I when he was bowling well and bowling as quick as he can. So again that's that's why it just sort of highlights again how difficult it is to play against a Chester team with all those those players in. Yeah, we did. We we had that depth, didn't we? And, and yeah, yeah, I'm not saying we don't have that depth now, but we, when when we started really competing within the competitions, uh, well, across all four competitions, we had that depth, and we also had we also had the commitment from everyone. There were all sort of we're a side majority in our mid twenties, and um, at, the, at that time, cricket was really a really really big part of all our lives and a big part of our social lives over the summer as well. Yeah. So. We had full commitment from from everyone. It was one of those. Well, if you can't play, then there's going to be, as you said, the fall duffers. Someone else can come in and potentially do that job and maybe do an even better job. At which point you could be in the twos the following week. So we had that commitment. Everyone bought into what we wanted to do and what we wanted to achieve. And we had those three or four years where we where we we won a lot of things. And a lot of that a lot of that was down to the depth we actually had within the team. And, I, and the sort of squad players, but also the continuity we had in the team and the commitment we had from everyone who bought into yeah. it. And we had a very, very, we had the same side week in, week out throughout the season. Yeah. So for you, Duff, have you got one particular game? 
Mate, I, I genuinely up. think it. I genuinely think it's as as recent as last season. We we weren't on our game last year. We we had a good. In my opinion, and I know this is a, a quite. A, it's not arrogant. It's a confidence thing. I, I thought we went into last season coming back up from the first division with a with a, a proper team, like a, a, a title challenging team, and you guys battered us twice in the league, and and to. Personally, getting dropped to the second team for a week, and then the next week being in the the Chess Cup final against you guys, um, I had a bit of a point to prove. I got copped a lot off you guys, and and you guys made sure that a lot of our players knew that Tommy Partridge. You made sure that I knew about the fact that I hadn't played uh, for the first team a couple of weeks earlier, and the way we conducted ourselves in that Cheshire Cup final to, to bowl you guys out of 105 and the Aussie, Glenn Hannah and Weishi just bowled. When it talks about partnership bowling, I, I don't think I've ever seen two bowlers bowl so well. For, for them two to rip out the heart of your batting line-up. And, and we were, that, I think that's one of the most aggressive games I've played in from a high point of view. We've we weren't abusive towards you guys. We were just very, very aggressive, very much in your faces. And we knew that we had to we had to get wickets early. And the fact that we bowled you out for and five, we the way our, our team batted last season, we were still worried about chasing hundred and five. But for me that's a that was a proper mauling of a team that it didn't happen often against. Um so that genuinely sticks out. The, the, the I mean, that, that was that time. was Sorry, Jay. That was because we were we got off to a, a really good start with Lloyd as well. So we, it wasn't as if you started taking wickets right from word go. We must have no. been maybe twenty five. In fact, I think Al Money and and Lloyd got us up to maybe fifty or sixty with, uh, yeah. with one down, and then Hannah and Weish just tore through everyone, and it was. You could just see it happening. We were like, we were just falling like that flies. Did, uh, it was one that, of the best bowls. Sorry, go ahead. I know it's, I know it's about Chester, this podcast, but I, I know sometimes you, you can feel that these guys are up for it today and, and they've taken it to the next level. I mean, we we got stuck into a lot of people there. And, and I know there's a big debate about abuse and... I don't think anyone would have come off that pitch and thought to themselves, I've just been really, really hard done to there and really attacked personally. It was never a personal attack. But I, th- I think sometimes that's always been part of my game and part of what I've tried to instill at high, that you can you can be quite hard and play a game very, very tough, but there's never a need to take it to a different level and, and stoop to that, loan, that and sort I think of level of lowness. And I think you've got better at that as you got older. Because I've got worse at batting, so I felt like I've had to make up elsewhere. Contribute somewhere else. I think so, I don't even. I wouldn't call it abuse, but it's the most. It's the most someone talks to me while I'm batting is 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 duffers, and it's not not always been like that. That's only really like crept in in the last sort of two three years. You've always had a little bit to say, but you've. Um, you sort of seem to rally the troops a bit, and and you go, and it's not it's not mindless abuse. It's it's just some of it can be even be friendly, but it's just constantly at at the batsman, 
Um, even I, I, feel that, I feel that the best players in every team, whether you're playing against, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, it's always, for me, you, you're going to try and have the edge over your, their best player. So, And that's no offence to those people that you, you don't necessarily get stuck into. But if I know that I'm playing against you and Rick and you're both opening the batting, something there's got to be an edge somewhere and something's got to... If I'm fielding, there's nothing else I can do to you two other than catch you out. I'm not going to get you out bowling. So I need to get in your head somehow. And, and that, for me, has always been exciting playing against chess. So that's what I've always enjoyed, that sort of psychological battle as well. I, I, just from, from my viewpoint, listening uh, to that game at Cheshire Cup final, up is that fair play to Tom Partridge because to take over from such a legendary figure that's better, you know, he... He oozed high. You go there, he, he worked there, he was there all the time. And, you know, he had to kind of redesign, like reinvigor that side, make it his own. And I think, you know, quite a few of us probably thought, God, this, this lad's young, it's a massive job, Hyde is a massive club. Um, and look, you know, for me, I, I thought he, he did brilliantly well that day. But obviously, in the league, a uh, little story for you that. You know, they tried to play as hard as they could against us in the league. We obviously give them a, a bit of a, a drilling, really. Um, and then after the game, you know, everyone sings the songs, whatever, but we get we, we get it proper. And you could see in them, they're like, oh, God. And after the game, our lads were like, oh, obviously disappointed. But you can ask Warren. Actually, I wasn't playing that day. I shut the door. I wouldn't let them out the changing room. I wanted them to hear what it meant to your lads. Because... For them, that was probably, for a lot of them, the first thing they'd actually won. It wasn't like, oh, I played in that hide and I was batting at eight two or not doing anything, not contributing. It was just, you could see for them, even down to the scorer, it meant so much to them on the day. Uh, we, we felt we owed you one, and I've never, I've never had that feeling before that you guys gave us an absolute stuffing last year in the league, and we felt we owed you on. You, we took it quite personally, actually. For the first time, it was it was quite personal. So when we sang at the end of that, it was it was uh, it was real heartfelt. That and, and like you say, a couple of young lads. You got Luke Young in there. I say George Borderson's a young lad. He, he's not. He's he's an England under-19s captain. So he's 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 getting more experience than I I've ever had growing up. So. He's not an experienced player, but for those guys, it was playing for Hyde. It was their first, like you said, taste of proper success against a proper team. And I'd like to think that this season would have done us a world of good, but we'll never really know now. Uh, but no, it's, like I say, that, I think that's one of my top favourite games. That, uh, and I know it's very recent. I could go on loads of games, but for me, that that's right up there, one of the best. So, just just for us now, guys, obviously we could talk all night about cricket, we, the passion for it. We've been in the Cheshire County League for a long time, giving up many a holiday um, or wedding to, to play week in, week out. Um, last week, um, obviously one of our dear friends uh, passed recently in Danny Woods. We've spoken about him a couple of times in this podcast. Uh, we managed to get out there and take part in Run for Dan. If, if Duff, you could just tell us a little bit what... What got what what went on at Hyde? So that'd be great. And then was if you could just touch on some of the bits that you saw on social media around the league. Yeah, 
obviously the 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 thing that you're doing running every single day for the year has, has sparked all this off and it was it's come from yourself and Heather his wife and as a club Woodsy I think one season Woodsy got 90 wickets in the season that he played that that guy was a massive massive part of our club on a couple of occasions and different stints and I think it was it was so fitting for for us to, to, to massively be part of that and some of the people that turned out to do it that you wouldn't really have expected to obviously club members and have been for a long time but you didn't really expect them to go for a walk or go for a bike ride or take their sons and daughters out and it was it was just a really nice feeling um, and you could tell that on our WhatsApp groups and, and Facebook posts that people really bought into it and, and the fact that nearly 20,000 it's probably over 20,000 pounds was raised for it was just so fitting to, to what a, a great guy he was what about for you was obviously yeah um, <clears throat> so I, I did it on, on the around the world um, I wanted to be at a cricket club or finish at a cricket club for it to be quite fitting and very granted I was on the world so no one about half an outside of Chester and I was I saw um, a few players um, running around this way um, for in, in that 5k challenge Ash Davis I even saw his dad Phil Davis ex-Lancashire and Cheshire player and David Hurst on, on a bike and it was just it was it was amazing to see everyone get involved um, people that I might not have spoken to for two three years them crop up on social media, end up having a quick conversation and posting all these amazing photos. Um, you forget about the, the, the really good times you had um, playing, playing with Woodsy um, and for all those photos going on. And, and you just end up, yeah, you just end up, you ended up reminiscing that the whole day. Uh, I had to charge my phone about three times. It was, I was constantly on there just wanting to see. I want to see what people are saying about him. Obviously, amazing things said about him. And I think, it was, I don't know if people, if there was, if it was surprised that so many people took part in it. But I think when you actually look at it, like, Woody was a fantastic cricketer and a, and a wonderful guy. Um, so the fact that so many people bought into it and so many people got involved really shouldn't have been been a surprise and it was it's um testament to the sort of to the guy that that woodsy was um and then just on, on a slightly separate note with what you're doing there i think it also puts into perspective this sort of mountain of a challenge that that you're taking on and i don't give you many many compliments um but um it's i there's no ways there's no ways i could i could be doing that it's, your body's in agony after just doing one 5k and that one then having to do it the next day and the next day and the next day not having any rest is um is, is take some going and you're a third pretty much a third of your way through um and it's a great great effort so far so um well I'm, I don't, people get sponsoring I'd, I'd i'd love to have a body like yours warren which i'd probably describe as a ferrari but when you've got a, a Skoda like myself, it's you know it, it it doesn't go that fast, but it tends to just keep ticking over for now. So touch wood. But uh, I really do appreciate both of you, obviously uh, saying those kind words. You know, very quickly for me on Woodsy, you know, you've got Heather is from a massive cricketing family up at Barnet Castle, um, Mal and 
Louise obviously followed Dan all over the place from Heat and Mersey to Cheadle Hume to Bowden, um, all the way to York, back to Hyde, all these different places. They absolutely loved watching this cricket. Uh, and there was no, there's nothing better than seeing Malcolm walking around the ground, bowling every single ball with Dan. Um, and I think that was the thing when seeing all those guys out there, like you said, Warren, the words that were coming out from people who weren't just people going, oh, great guy. It wasn't. It was really heartfelt and, and just just fantastic. And I can't really thank people enough. Um, look, throughout the year, there's a few more things coming up, which is fantastic. Heather's driving that really hard. Uh, and, and the one thing he always said was to be amazing. And to be fair, last Saturday, people were. So, um, Jimbo, um, do you just want to finish off for this? Because this has been fantastic. Yeah. I could talk to these two, these two guys all and day. Me, me too. And, and uh, fabulous, fabulous listening, I think. And on, on you, Lee, uh, that's great, the run. Uh, we should remind people that uh, they can still sponsor you. They can, of course, still sponsor the uh, run for Dan as well. Go on to the, uh, the Chester website or elsewhere to check out how you can do that. Um, just before we go, though, uh, some stats, if you don't mind. And I'm going to put the two, uh, two guys here on the spot a little bit. A bit of a head-to-head, if you like. Um, well, let me tell you, first of all, that I think, and look, all this is unaudited, so bear with me, but uh, if you go back to 2004, uh, I know, Jimmy, you were uh, you were around a little bit before that because you've maybe got a couple of more years on Warren, but not a huge amount more. Uh, but certainly Warren... No, not, kicked, a, not that many. Not that many. Not <laughs> well, let's go from 2004 to 2019 when Warren kicked in then. During that time... 28 league games between Hyde and Chester. One of them cancelled, one of them abandoned, four drawn. Chester have won 13, Hyde 9. I think if you look in the cups, it would be slightly different, but 13-9. Individuals, Warren, played 26 of those games. Sorry, it's 26, it's 28 played in total, I should say. Um, Runs scored, 1,013. I had to hastily readjust this when I realised that uh, Warren started a season earlier. 1,013 runs, not out three times. An average of 44.04. Highest score, we've already talked about, 133. Uh, just the one duck. Mr Duffy, you played... I think, I think this is really unfair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it wasn't. It wasn't until you pointed out that, Lee, that, uh, that Warren started his season beforehand. You played 24 of those 28 games. You've scored eight... So, so you've played two less, OK? You've scored still 852 runs. Not out once. An average... Bear in mind, what was, what was Warren? He was, he was actually 40 until I added in that 100. But he's 30... You were, you were 37.04, which is still pretty damn good. Your highest score, 139, back in 2011, uh, for what it's worth, two ducks. But, I mean, add that lot together, it's a hell of a lot of good cricket, isn't it, Lee? It's not too bad, Jim, at all. And, and to be fair, I, I'm going to stick up for, for Duff batting in the middle order against Darbowl in attack. I would, I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather face Keggy <laughs> than face Jack and Harry. So. <laughs> but, it, 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 it's, honestly, guys, it's been an absolute treat and something that, I, I'd, you know, it's been an... It, a real joy just for me. I'm sure Jim the same. And thanks so Absolutely. much for spending some time with us. Yeah, we'll do it again, no, folks. Pleasure. I'd, thanks. Like I'm going to say, I, my, uh, my stats are slightly different to yours, Jim. I'd like you to maybe have a look at that for next time because uh, I was winning more games than you guys. You're probably right. I did mine in a hurry. <laughs> thanks, fellas. Thanks Cheers. for having me on. Right, Cheers. Man. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, fellas.
So there you have it. That was the second Full Toss podcast. Now, look, just before we go, a plea from me. If you've registered on our website and we've got your details, great. Please, could you just go on there and check that we have um, everything up to date? If you haven't registered on our website, please do register. If we've got your details, then, of course, we can communicate with you. We can email you, particularly looking for email addresses. So please do update your information on our website. Many thanks for listening. Thanks to our contributors. We'll see you again soon.